So actually, it's not very easy to speak for me about the Russian invasion of Ukraine for several reasons. Uh, it's not easy because most of the places which are being destroyed now by the Russian invaders, I have been to, I have friends in. So I've been to Mariupol, I've been to Mikolaev, Odessa, to the monastery of the Holy Mountain, to Kiev, to the Crimean, uh, front, former Crimean front lines, the front lines of Popasna. So I have seen all this, I've seen the war from 2014, many times, uh, and when I was in the theater of Mariupol, the theater bombed cruelly uh, with 1,300 people inside, the theater of Mariupol was a place of happiness. It was a place where people were coming out uh, from a play, chatting, enjoying life, very elegant. I have to tell you that I haven't, word, I haven't heard a word in Ukrainian. They were Russian or Russian speakers, and these Russians and Russian speakers are killed now by the bombs of uh, Vladimir Putin. Also, of the monastery of the Holy Mountain, we just came back from the front line. You know, front line is extremely depressing place, even not in such a kinetic situation what we have today. And it was a place of peace, where we could breath. And this uh, monastery, unfortunately, was bombed uh, a few days ago. And I'm also, uh, it's also very hard for me to speak because I have many friends who are in harm's way now. Uh, friends who are mostly officers of the Ukrainian army during or V4 missions to the front lines. Uh, Ukrainian friends, officers were taking care of us, even risking their life once for us. So I learned to truly uh, appreciate them. Uh, and uh, truly see them as, as who they are. And now they are heroes, uh, fighting a, a much greater enemy. It's also not very easy to speak for me because I was absolutely wrong about what will happen in Ukraine. Um, and actually, most of us in Hungary were wrong. And most of us in Europe were wrong uh, about what will happen in Ukraine. <laughs> I have to say most of my friends in Ukraine were wrong about the Russian invasion. Just a few days before I spoke to a high-ranking officer in the Ukrainian army and he didn't believe that it's going to happen. He didn't believe because he knew that his friends who he studied with in Soviet academies are on the other side and he believed that Putin is a rational man. So he was wrong too. And actually, who, who, said, the, who said the truth? Our American and British allies who were fully right. I have to admit that they were fully right, even up to the smallest detail, even to what I could not believe, the attack on Kiev, which is a complete madness militarily, they predicted this. And also I have to say your Polish uh, and Baltic allies were right uh, too. But also it's not very easy to speak uh, of Ukraine for me, because after, after the revolution of dignity, the revolution of 2014, the dignity of other people were not always kept in high regard in Ukraine. But the brutality of this invasion and the negative, the brutality, the bloodiness and the terribleness of this invasion just erases uh, in my mind all the negative things uh, happened after 2014. What uh, Vladimir Putin and actually I'm afraid uh, one of our co-speakers were right. It's not only Vladimir Putin, it's the Russian Federation 
and actually uh, the Russian military is doing is beyond imagination. We, we see a refugee wave uh, unseen in Europe, not since the Second World War, and not seen in 2015 and 16. So these are real refugees from a neighboring country, not like in 2015 when we were told that we have to take refugees from five countries away, 80% young male. No, these are women, children, and the elderly. And Poland faces the biggest burden, that's, that's very clear, with more than two million uh, refugees. But Hungary, Romania, Slovakia, and Moldova also tackles hundreds of thousands. And in the case of Poland and Hungary, we are in a situation when the European Commission is withholding funds from our two countries uh, with bogus uh, reasons. So we are in a situation when the European uh, Union must, must change its policies. I believe I'm a historian by training. I worked most of my life in the, life in the Ministry of Defense, but I studied uh, Mr. Putin for, for years. Uh, and I think uh, the problem is that Vladimir Putin is not just a corrupt dictator. He's corrupt, he's a dictator, but he's not just a corrupt dictator. He sees himself as a man of history. He believes in what he's doing, and he believes what he's doing is right. Uh, he reads Tolstoy, and he has a favorite quote, that leaders do what they can do. Uh, and, um, you know, for him, this passes his, I think, very, very missed and very uh, problematic pass of the road to Russian great, uh, greatness. So I, I believe that the corrupt dictators are really far less dangerous than men of history. And we made a big mistake of uh, depicting Vladimir Putin just as a corrupt dictator. So Europe needs to wake up to the Russian challenge. And of course, uh, there was a lot of talk about how to change from Russian dependency. I think conservatives must be realist. We cannot do it from one day to another. Some countries can, some countries cannot. And of course, the greatest gift to Vladimir Putin was done by the Greens of Germany who closed down perfectly working nuclear power plants even in this December. Even in this December why they were preparing the population to live with candles. I don't know what kind of uh, policy is that, but it's light years away from rationality as I see it. What we need is rearmament. 2% NATO benchmark is just not enough anymore. It's not enough. I will not talk about percentages, because what it really means is not percentages. What really means is fighting capability. And most of our armies, I have to tell you, based on several decades of experience, are bureaucratic armies with a lot of bureaucrats sitting in ministries and HQs and very few fighting forces. So Ukraine can fight back uh, of Russia with eight years of war behind them. I would be highly surprised if the German army could have put up such a resistance an offense uh, to the Bundeswehr. I think they are now on the right path of rearming themselves. With a weak Germany, there cannot be a strong NATO or a strong Europe. So we need steel against steel. Uh, that's what the uh, Russians understand. We also need a mindset change. Uh, 
So what is uh, making the Russian offensive very hard? I'm not sure they will be defeated looking at some of the events now on the eastern part of Ukraine. So it's much more worrying than the press uh, lets you know on the side of the Ukrainians, um, I mean for the Ukrainians. But at least they have the warrior spirit. And by thinking who would fight for, for, for our, how much of our youth would fight the way the Ukrainians fight. So we need the warrior spirit back to our societies. The warrior spirit is needed to be back. Uh, we talk about microaggressions. Uh, as I said once, I torture the Guardian, to, to, torture myself of reading the Guardian every day, and I and I and I and I read, and I read about microaggressions. What happened to a certain author the day that somebody looked at him or her uh, with a bad eye? Okay, so microaggressions. We have a full Russian invasion of a country with thousands dying. This is aggression, not the microaggressions we talk or at least the liberal media talks about all the time. So that's my final word. We need the fighting uh, spirit back. Thank you very much for the opportunity.